you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you, Buck. How you doing, man? Look, man, I'm excited, DJ, because we're getting close to uh, draft time. And so now it's about uh, honing in. I think you have famously said the first part of the process is trying to get them in the right neighborhood. Now we're trying to begin to see if we can figure out which houses guys belong in, you know, and so trying to get them on the right cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's the that's the time we are in uh, for sure. And I just had uh, my new top 50 list, so top 50 prospects for the upcoming draft. That just posted, which is my first update I've done since the Combine. So um, that's some decent movement on here. Not so much so maybe in the top part of the list, um, but as you start going through it, you saw some guys kind of move up and down as you you get real numbers on them. You get a chance to learn more about them as players. You get a chance to watch some more video. Um, you have some changes. So going to go through that. Want to get your thoughts on that compared kind of to your top five list and see uh, what we think I, I always love when we do this what we think the discussions would be in the room you know like what are the what are the what are the hot button issues that we've been in those rooms and you've had those moments where it's smith and jones jones and smith and how do you decide between the two i, I want to kind of get to what those discussions are in this draft but before we do that buck as uh 
I mean, just as citizens of the world, I think you're obligated to at least give me your opinion on what you saw last night. I tried calling you. We played phone tag. We couldn't catch up. So this is uh, this is our first time having to uh, to discuss this or what have you. But that was a very layered was a very layered episode of the Oscars last night. Lots of stuff. Lots of layers to that one. Um, you know, it's it's weird. Right? By, by the way, first of all, first of all, first of all, before you even start, do you, I want to know if you're like me, like. I had the image that like Chris Rock and Will Smith, like two of the, like, I don't know either. I've never made it one, but they seem like two of the nicest guys, like two, you know, like they would be the last people I'd pick. You said there was a fight at the Oscars. And you told me it was those two guys. I'd be like, what? Yeah, it was, um, it was weird. Cause obviously I didn't see it in real time. Like no, social media kind of took me to it yeah. where I saw it. And then it was kind of like, Hey, is this real? Or is this whatever? Like, is 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 this a situation? Like, they're really it's really happening right now. And part of my confusion came from the fact that, like, it, look, it's it's the Oscars. It's an award show. You have a comedian, a, a comic. It, it, that's what they do. Like, they they crack jokes. They they make fun. They do these things or whatever. And so, like, that's kind of part of the deal. I thought, which is why you never want to sit in the front row when you go to a show. Like, you always want to be in the back. You don't want to wear anything weird. You want to make sure that you're kind of like buttoned up and just clean and, and, and out of like a harm's way. And so when I saw it and I saw the reaction, I'm going to be honest with you, I was shocked. I was shocked because it's not something that you anticipate seeing. Like it's not Jerry Springer. It's not Maury Povich. It's not one of those shows where you anticipate having some violence or something like that. Then the other thing is like you mentioned the two guys involved are two of the people that you perceive to be two of the nicest people in the deal. Mild-mannered, not really, um, like, aggressive demeanors. They appear to be, like, fun-loving and all of that other stuff. And so when you see the deal resolved with with their hands, I'm like, uh, I don't know, because I go back and forth, right? Because obviously everyone wants to stand up for the lady, and you want to make sure that you are – kind of being the head of the house or you're doing the things that you're supposed to do to protect. But then the other thing is like, I mean, but is that the best way to kind of handle it? And so I go back and forth. In fact, I text um, a friend of mine who's a prominent comic. I was like, Hey, like we can't crack jokes anymore. Or is that, he's like, look, that's crazy. Like that's wild. It's a new, that's kind of a new deal that we've yeah. never seen. And so I don't know, man. I still go back and forth because I, I see all the reaction on social media. Some people are like, yeah, he absolutely should. Then other people are like, nah, no, <laughs> it shouldn't be handled like that. No. And so I, I don't know what to think. What, what do you think about it? Well, first of all, like I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I know just from seeing the clips of when Ricky Gervais ho- hosted the Oscars, like he went hard on everybody, like on a right. whole different level of hard. And so that was my first thought. My second thought was, yeah, like he's a comedian. He makes jokes. Like that's what it is. And the weirdest part was like Will's Will laughed. Like he he's laughing at the joke. And then he turned around and looked at his wife and she was like, This ain't funny. And then he's always <laughs> he was like, Well, dang. Uh all right, I got I, that, maybe I didn't have the best reaction to that. I think so. My theory is my theory on it was if if he would have just been like like stone face like like you don't talk about my wife like that just gave him like a dirty look and she saw him give him the dirty luck done that's it 
And then maybe he says something to him backstage or during a commercial or something like, hey, dude, I don't know if you know this, but she has the alopecia. Yeah. This is sensitive, like not cool. Like, like I that that would happen. But when he laughed and then looked at his wife and was like, Oh, he you have to of course correct. Like you're like, okay, I did not take this serious enough. So there's only one I gotta get out of my chair now. I, I, I laughed, like he got out of his chair because he laughed. But like the my other takeaway was like what i mean we're going way too long on this but what type of a like what type of a cocoon do you live in where like no big deal like you get up you get up and slap somebody during a ceremony and go sit back down and like nothing and they don't do they do nothing nothing i think i think everybody's shocked for one chris rock has a hell of a chin yes he does <laughs> because <laughs> Because I've seen MMA fighters fall out for less than that. Oh, no. And he stuck it out there. Like, he stuck his chin out there, took it, and then it was like, just kind of looked at him like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about him sticking it out there, you know how sometimes you're in places and you're trying to hear, so you lean in? Yeah, yeah. And he leaned in. Wow, oh. And then he said, oh, I got slapped. Yeah. And then he was he was stunned. He thought about it. He thought about, because there's a lot of stuff that he could have – he, think about it. Like Chris, I would I would guess on the planet Earth, there's probably not five people that think faster on their toes than Chris Rock. I bet you he had ten jokes lined up after that that he could have just unloaded the clip. And then you right. saw him. He he thought about it and he's like, Nah, I can't, I can't. And this and he stepped back. Yeah, I give him credit for gaining his, regaining his composure. Yeah, and being able to carry it through. And then I will say this because there's been some other stuff or whatever. And I think for all of us, it's one of those things about. Like, look, when we're playing or whatever, let's take it to the field. It's one of those things where you talk about having poise and being able to control your emotions, right? Because we've seen of late where we've seen players have incidents with fans and other players or whatever. But we always try and tell players like, hey, man, you got to err on the side of caution. You got to understand where you are and how to do it, how to handle things or whatever. And I would say that that wasn't the best exhibition of how you handle yourself in those moments regardless of what people say like yes you want to stand and protect your family and those around you but you don't want to necessarily escalate it because remember it's not only what will is doing and i know people hate saying this but like there are a lot of people young people that are looking heck yeah yeah at how to do it so now you have to have that conversation normal you kind of normalize you kind of normalize that like that's how you deal with it that's how you deal with an issue like come on because i i feel like I feel like we're we're kind of at that at that time where some of this behavior has been normalized in terms of violence and all this other stuff. And so I don't know. It wasn't the best display. I hate to see two prominent people do it, particularly afterwards when Will wins and he talks about all of those things um, that he wanted to do and playing the role of Richard Williams, which the movie was great, you know, and he was great in the movie and all that other stuff. Just I don't know. I just know this. Um, and there's a saying: you never know what people are going through. And yeah. so in life the best thing that you can do is be kind and considerate and just be understanding. And so like when Chris Rock is looking at Jada, he's about to fire off that joke or whatever, like just, you know, I, I was unaware. I didn't know about yeah. the alopecia thing or whatever. I didn't so either. I didn't I, either. I, 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 so I just think in life, we all better serve if we're just kind and considerate and you just give people their space and their due when it comes to whatever, before you weigh in, before you lob in, before you answer or whatever. Yeah, in his defense, I would say award shows and hosts have like look at the look at the ESPYS. The host gets up there, 
and makes fun of everybody that's sitting in the front row. That's like that every award show I've ever seen. They make fun it's of everybody. A, that's it's there. a roast. Yeah, like that's, that's what it is. What it is. Yeah. It's it's like a roast. Like that's part of. So you I tell mean, the comedian, the well, you, now you can't do that. Well, why am I a comedian? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, just within knock, knock knock jokes. Is that what I'm supposed to do up there? Like, I don't know, man. No monologues. I don't know. But look, man, it's kind of a game changer, I guess, in terms of how you go about doing stuff. Because there's been a shift when it comes to <laughs> comedians and, and the way they do stuff. And I know we're going along in this, but it's different. I, I don't know, man. The rules are all gray and blurry. Like, I don't, the lines are all fuzzy. So I, I have no idea. None. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and yeah, I guess everybody has their, you know, I, I don't think it's right, but I guess everybody kind of has their trigger or whatever, their line. And I remember, I think, I remember, remember when Odell Beckham got in that fight. Who was that with? Oh, Josh yeah. Norman? Josh, is that who that was? Yeah. Yeah, like something, I don't know what was said, but something was said there, and that was the line, and then it was go time. So <laughs> I don't know. I guess everybody has their, their deal, but that was it. But the dude did laugh. He did laugh before before he went up to the stage but anyways enough of that i know we're a football podcast but i had to get your thoughts on that i just got i hadn't heard it oh it was crazy 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 absolutely crazy um all right let's take a quick little break here to let let's kind of let's just digest what just happened and then uh, we'll jump back into football here and get into this top 50 list you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe will win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I know everybody was really excited to get our take on that. Um, but anyways, we will, uh, we'll keep it moving here and get to some football stuff. New top 50 list is out, Buck. Um, let me give you my top 10, and then I'll get some thoughts from you on it, okay? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson stays number one. Uh, Akeem Aquano uh, stays number two. Had a little flop here at three and four. Sauce Gardner for me moves up to number three. Kyle Hamilton drops just a spot down to number four, even though he did not test well uh, at his pro day, by the way. There was a lot of times reported that were not accurate when you talk to scouts that were there and get the official numbers. He ran much slower at his pro day than he did at the combine. Remember, the combine ran four, five, nine, which was a surprise. He ran significantly slower than that at the pro day. So, I only dropped him one spot, but I think we can get into it. I think there's a chance he could he could slide a little bit in this draft. Garrett Wilson's my fifth player from Ohio State. He moved up uh, a couple spots. Trayvon Walker is at number six. Uh, Evan Neal at seven. Drake London moved up a little bit. He is eight. Jermaine Johnson is nine. And Thibodeau uh, from Oregon is ten. So that's my top ten list. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Before we get in there. top 50, we, we got to talk about things that happened in the top ten. Yeah, uh, I think the number one thing I will ask is what led you to keep Aiden Hutchinson number one? I think he's the best football player in the draft, and I've thought that kind of from from jump. So, you know, I know there's a lot of talk of maybe Javon Walker or sorry, Javon Walker, maybe Trayvon Walker goes one over him. But I, I couldn't I couldn't justify that. I, I'm a Trayvon Walker fan. I've pushed him up and and I believe he's going to go in the top five. Uh, but to me, Aiden Hutchinson is is just a more skilled pass rusher who still has, when you look at his 10 time, you look at his three cone time, he still has exceptional uh, athleticism. So he's got he's he can he can bend and burst, do all those things. He showed that all through the workout process. And then I have all the production and, and all the uh, the tools in terms of how to get to the quarterback in place. I, to me, that's uh, that's why he's the best player in the draft. Yeah, I, th- I think what's interesting. Um... I don't know if people have paid enough attention to that. I think, unfortunately, he gets lumped into he's the try-hard, high-motor yeah. athlete. And I don't think people have dug deep enough to really see how athletic and explosive he is. Now, he is not what I would call, like, the Bosa's, right? Like I felt like the Bosa's were so refined, both of them, when they were coming out. Like, it was a family business, the way they used their hand skills. But to me in a league where we see guys who are athletic and hustle and have skill like Trey Hendrickson get 27 and a half sacks in two years. You can't tell me that Aiden Hutchinson can't be a dominant guy off the edge. And I'm just banking. I'm banking on with him that I know exactly what I'm getting from day one. He's going to commit and pour everything into the game. And out of that, we'll see. But we talked about, I bet on the person more so than the player and the person by all accounts, everybody says football is important to him. He loves the game. He works at the game. To me, 
I think that and the production and what he put on tape makes him the number one player in the league. Yeah, that, that's where I'm in the same boat. Um, some other changes on here. Garrett Wilson just moved up a few spots. Uh, he goes up number five. I just kind of look at, and I started doing this a few years ago, and because sometimes you go back and look at the ones that I've missed, uh, when I do self-scouting, as we always encourage everybody to do, go back and look at previous years and find your mistakes. I always like to say, I don't want, like if this is, if your top 50 list is your report card, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm okay if I look back five years from now and in my top and my top five players, if I had one A and four Bs, I feel fine. Like I those guys are good, productive players. They're gonna play for a long time, high floor. I know what I'm buying. I'm okay with that. Ideally, you like to have five A's. What mm-hmm. I what I when I've gone back in some years and been like, man, I got a, a D in, in one of these top fives, I got a you know, a C or an F for one of those players that said, you know what, I'm eliminating risk with my top five players. So who are the players, the people, the floor, like all that stuff. I want to know who the guy is as a person where I feel comfortable with him as a person. I feel comfortable with him as a player and I feel comfortable knowing that he's going to be a B. If nothing else, he is going to be a B. And when I look at Hutchinson, Aquanu, Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, Garrett Wilson, my top five, I don't, I don't really take – I'm not taking risks in my top five. Like that's I'm risk averse with my top five guys. Is what I'm getting at. Okay, so look, I did uh, total access the other day, and uh, this conversation came up about Sars Gardner, uh, D'Angelo Hall. Uh, we were looking at the tape, and we were doing a thing on air. He's like, "Look, man, the guy's a really good player." He said, "Buck, the only question that I have is who is the elite wide receiver that he's had to face, so we can kind of validate and confirm that he is what we say he's going to be." And he said, "The Alabama game, they ran it." Or whatever. And so my retort was, I don't know. I said, but here's what I do know. He is long and athletic. He has a versatile skill set that typically plays well in the league in terms of being able to press. Uh, he can play off. He has good ball skills. He is a really good tackler and the, on the perimeter. And I said, when you talk to the kid, and I'm not saying that this is a prerequisite for being great, but the way that he lives off the field leads me to believe that he is going to be pretty solid. This is a guy that is a non-drinker, doesn't really get into a lot of stuff off the field, uh, very devout and very focused and disciplined. Part of the reason like he looks up to Jalen Ramsey is some of the stuff that Jalen Ramsey is, is in line with. And so to me, after I met the kid, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with him. And so mm-hmm. what would you say? What the, does any of the competition question or anything bother you at all? No, I mean, look, that that Alabama game, it's not much because, you know, you, you mentioned it. They ran the heck out of the football. But you can see there are reps where he gets lined up with Jamison Williams. And I've seen Jamison Williams blow the doors off everybody. He did not. And, uh, and Sauce was fine there. I wish they would just let him go uh, more in that and let him travel and, and just cover him the whole game. But I no, I, I look at him and like you kind of mentioned, height, weight, speed, check, check, check. Competitiveness, toughness, check, check. Fluidity, check. Instincts, check. Ball, ske- ball skills, check. When I talked to the people where he was working out and training in the lead up to the combine, said he was he was one of the few guys who was coming in on his off day. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. Like, <laughs> like I, I mean, okay, I mean, I, I guess I would love to see him play in the SEC and see those dudes <laughs> every week. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, that's enough. That's enough for me. And, and, and so for the listeners, just so they understand when we talk about scouting, a lot of what we do in scouting and sometimes it can make you jaded. 
but it is the process of elimination. We're trying to find all the flaws so that we can talk about it. Because what we're trying to do is you say like, hey, man, I want to eliminate risk. I want to mitigate risk. And it won't guarantee that the player is going to be the player that you project them to be. But what you would like to do is in three or four years, if it doesn't work out, say, hey, look, all I know going in, we did a due diligence. And everything coming in said that he was going to be X, Y, and Z. And so if it doesn't work out, you can at least rest easy knowing that you brought somebody in who by all appearances looks like he's an A-level dude. All right. Have you done, have you got into doing the Wordle stuff? Have you been doing that every day? I haven't. I haven't. I see everyone does it. I haven't done it yet. I don't post it. That's kind of kind of cheesy to post it, but I do it every day because I think it's a good little brain exercise. So they, I think it's what, like a five letter word. And then you guess and it, it tells you if you've got, you know, a letter in the right spot or a letter that's in the word by the color. And then you get you know, whatever, five, six guesses. So yeah, like you don't have all of the information with Sauce Gardner, but like, Buck, you think you can, uh, can you, can you figure out the missing letter here? Like, uh, that would be uh, a U as in stud. Yeah, yes. Okay. So I didn't get the U, but I can see enough that I can kind of put the word together here. I think I'm good. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, Garrett Wilson was, was five Trayvon Walker. Like to me, um, that's like four five, six. Like he's kind of in that range for me. Now I'm a believer. I'm uh I have high, high expectations, but there is some of the projection there. And that's why I have him behind those, those other guys. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of a flaw you can find in these next group of guys, whether it's a lack of production, you know, not necessarily used like he's going to be used at the next level. Evan Neal, um, who I really like as a player, obviously my seventh player, but there's some balance issues. You want to see him clean up. Uh, Drake London moved up for me. Like this was the, the, so this was a trust thing. So Drake London, Jermaine Johnson, Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm. And I can make a case and say, okay, maybe the two pass rushers with Johnson and Thibodeau have a little higher ceiling. But again, when I kind of just running through each guy through the list, where do you slot him in? I was like, you know what? Knowing what I know about Drake London in terms of his work ethic, drive, all that stuff. And then I, I just see how competitive he is on the field. I see him getting better each and every game that he played before he got hurt. I uh, I just trusted him more, so that's why I put him all the way up there. Look, um, this is funny because it does come down to a trust thing, right? And when you're talking to uh, players, what you're trying to get a sense of, like when you're a scout, you're trying to get a sense of, can I really trust this guy? Like, can I can I trust that he is going to pour into the game? as much as I'm pouring into my respective job as an evaluator. Yeah. And that really determines how you go to bat for them. We talk about standing on the table is based on that relationship that you have with them, which is why area scouts in particular, you want them to develop relationships with the guys when they're freshmen and sophomores. So it's not just, Oh, I come in their final season. I evaluate them and I'm doing catch. You want to kind of know them like, Hey, what are, are you doing? So now that you can present, I think with all of those guys, and I think the main one, and we'll have this conversation now, Kayvon Thibodeau is the hardest one, I think, for most evaluators because on the tape, like one, on paper, he has a lot of traits that you look for, right? Size, length, the explosiveness. You see first step quickness. You saw very early in his career the dominance that he could bring off the edge. He does have bend and burst and balance and all of those things. The things that concern you on the field would be He's a flasher, meaning he'll make splash plays, but then he has these long droughts 
of inactivity. Now, you wonder, okay, is the inactivity due to what the other team is doing or is the inactivity due to either him throttling it down, checking out, or just becoming bored with the circumstances because he's not having a lot of action to come his way or passing or those things. The other thing is because he was such a prominent player coming out of high school, number one recruit in the land, goes up to Oregon. Uh, we're in the middle of the NIL, NIL deal that splashes. But even before that, he had created all of these partnerships with Nike and other entities to do all this other stuff, which is great. It is the things that we would encourage our sons and daughters to do when you're in college to maximize that experience. However, mm-hmm. when you're sitting on this side and you're evaluating it, it's one of those things where it's that fine line between, okay, I love all that other stuff because he's rounded. I want a Renaissance man and all that. But does he keep the main thing, the main thing enough to be great at it? And because mm-hmm. there's that question mark and an asterisk, there are a lot of people that are uncertain on whether to go big on him because they don't know if he's going to go big on the game in terms of being all in on it. Fair or not, but that's the perception. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the, the best way to say this. I, I, I will say I talked to a coach that played against him this year, and I just asked a simple question. Do you guys have to game plan for Kayvon Thibodeau? He goes, nope. Oof. Nope. We just told our guys get just just fight him, get your hands on him, and fight him. If if he doesn't win early, then we you know we feel like we're okay. Don't get beat, don't get beat right now. Don't get beat right off the snap. Get your hands on him, and they didn't really alter their game plan at all for the guy. And look, I'm not going to rip on the Pac-12 buck, but that's not that's not Anthony Munoz. He's facing every day like the old USC <laughs> dynasty team series. Not seeing a ton of stud NFL quality offensive tackles in that league. And I don't know. There were many games where I looked at were like, man, he just he dominated that game. He took over the game. There were moments in the UCLA game I felt that way. Um, but not enough of them, you know, for for his ability level. I didn't just didn't think that the the impact matched the ability. Does that make does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I think he kind of led us to this comparison. And the comparison is not on how he plays, but the comparison is a valid one because it's the same feeling that I got with Jadavian Clowney, yeah. right? Jadavian Clowney was super talented, super explosive, did all those things. People, he became a national name because he knocked the helmet off in the bowl game against Michigan and that kind of like put him in the stratosphere. But then when you looked at him and particularly his last year, there's some things that stood out that you're like, man, he doesn't play hard. He's talented, but he doesn't play hard. He's a great athlete, but he doesn't play hard. The production isn't what it is. Now, fast forward to his pro career, and he's remained a flasher. He'll give you dominant moments, but he's not a dominant player. And when you're thinking about where Kayvon Thibodeau should be as a top five player, top five players, and I have to go on my experience. We took Julius Peppers in the top five. He was number two. And it was clear and apparent that he was the best guy on the field, the overwhelming majority of the games that he played. And so he was so good that Mike Rucker and Chris Jenkins became better because they got more one-on-ones. When you take someone in the top five, that is the standard that you're thinking. How dominant can he be off the edge? And I just don't see it enough to go all in on him being that guy, which is why I understand why he's ranked 10 in your top 50. 
Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I am on it. Let's let's keep it rolling here. I'll get you through eleven through twenty. Uh, Jordan Davis, a big D tackle from Georgia, he moves up a little bit. He's number eleven. Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, twelve. Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, thirteen. Both those off the ball linebackers, I pushed down a little bit. Trent McDuffie's at fourteen, right ahead of Derek Stingley, who's at fifteen. And then you get some wide receivers here. Chris Olave at 16, who moved up. Jamison Williams at 17, moved him up. Uh, Karloftis at 18, the edge rusher from Purdue. Daxton Hill, talented safety nickel uh, for Michigan is 19. And Devontae Wyatt from Georgia moves up the defensive tackle. He's 20. Uh, the one thing that comes to mind, uh, I like those players included in that cluster because I think they all are there because they're really good players, like high-end players, A players. But there's a question about all of them that kind of prevents them from being graded in the top 10. The name that stands out to me is Nicobe Dean because mm-hmm. the conversation that I've had with people and I, I try and figure out like, okay, we talk about prototypes. He's not a prototypical linebacker. I've heard you allude to the way he might be built like Jonathan Vilma. Yeah. So a little undersized didn't necessarily test well, but didn't test at all. Never didn't run at the combine, didn't run at his pro day. That's right. That's right. Um, and then, like, to me, I love the IQ, instincts, awareness. I love the leadership skills or whatever. But where do I slot that? Because I don't know how fast he is. He may play, he's going to play faster than the speed thing. I just don't know what to do with him in today's game because we can give him the grade as a player. But then picking him is a different conversation. Yeah. So your thought on him in general? I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I go back and look through my notes. Um, Vilma, he can flow, scrape, and fill. He's got excellent football intelligence. He's got leadership, smarts. He's very urgent. He can cover, he can cover backs and tight ends. Everything he does is really, really fast. He's just not, he's just not big. He's 5'1", 229 pounds, and he's not long. So you got somebody that's a little shorter, a little lighter, and not real long. And just kind of where the position has gone, maybe since Jonathan Vilma was coming out, is that teams covet that, that size and length. Now, they don't have to be 250 pounds. You don't have to be like, you know, Tremaine Edmonds kind of had everything, right? You got six foot five body, long, fast. Uh, we've got similar things. Van Der Esch was a lower graded, but similar type where you had kind of all this stuff. But teams are willing to say, okay, we'll sacrifice some of the bulk, but give me tall. If they're lean, doesn't matter. Lean, long, Darius Leonard, you know, Fred Warner. That That's what every team that I talk to, they're trying to find those guys to plug into their defense. So, again, I, I don't know where he's going to go, Buck. If you told me that, again, he's my what? He's my 12th player, 13th player. If he went in the top 15, I I would applaud it and say I get it. He's a great player. But if we if we went to bed on Thursday night and he didn't get picked in the first round, I wouldn't be shocked. Would you? Yeah, no. I think he's the biggest one. He's the biggest wild card in the draft because I don't think anybody can confidently say that they know for sure where he's going to go. Um, I think the size thing to me was startling when he sat beside me at the combine and we talked. Um, even with his workout clothes on, I was like, man, he is a lot smaller than I thought. Yeah. You know? And Think about Micah Parsons. Like, think about just last year. What was Parsons like? Tenth pick? Yeah, twelve. Twelfth pick. I mean, look at look at his skill set: height, weight, speed. You know, height, weight, speed, size, um, explosiveness, and all that. And so, 
I think N'Kobe Dean is, is a tough one. I Look, I think we've had these conversations before in, in meeting rooms. I think he can be anywhere from a 25 to 40. I think he could he could be in, in well, maybe 15 to 40, if you want to say. He could go middle to late first round. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the middle of the second round. Yeah. I just believe that he's in that. And based on what you're looking for, I think it's going to be a conversation where you're like, I don't know. I think I may, I may rather have someone in the second round Trey Anderson, Troy Anderson, who, who's longer. Yeah. Athlete, like, I, I just think the beauty pageant part may hurt him when it comes to the evaluation. Last thought on him, and then we'll move on. To me, his floor, like worst case scenario for him, which is not a bad thing at all. I, I was in Cleveland with Dequell Jackson. Remember him coming oh, out of early? Yeah, him and Sean Merriman productive. played together. Dequell yeah, played for a long around. time, was a great player. Um, was a little undersized, smart, tough, instinctive. Like that to me is the floor, is the floor for him. Um, those wideouts, Olave and Jamison Williams, I, I just moved them up, Buck, because I'm like, they just when you start stacking them with players in this draft class, I'm like, I just I'd rather have these guys. I feel like I know exactly what I'm buying with both those guys. Yeah, no, I, the wide receiver class isn't, and we said this, I, I feel like we've been saying this for the last couple of years, that some of the movement that we're seeing, uh, I was about to say at the varsity level in the national football <laughs> league with the uh with the wide receivers moving when it gets paid. I think some teams are coming to the realization that, look, man, I really love this player, but I feel like I can better allocate the money by drafting somebody, developing them, and maybe putting the money elsewhere. And we'll see. I think we'll see that trend for a little bit. People will see how it works out. And then it'll either be the lead to a longer and bigger trend, or it'll come back to like, oh, no, I'm going to keep my guys. I'm developing them. I'm paying whatever I have to pay them. But, yeah, these young guys that are coming in, because they get so many reps in high school and college now, they're a little better prepared to play and make immediate impact at wide receiver than they were in the past. Yeah, and I, I know we have that long list of, of receivers outside the first round that have made all this money, and we saw that movement in the offseason. Look, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, um, not first-round picks. but And that's kind of allowed teams to be patient because there's so many receivers. But I almost think now when you look at the cost of re-signing these guys and you look at the cost of going and shopping for one of these guys on the market, whether you're going to trade for them mm-hmm. or sign them as free agents, you know, we, we need to put, and you've been saying this for a while, like including that playmaker along with the the pass rusher and the, and the passer yeah. kind of in those yeah. premier positions. And, and you say, okay, we take in the first round, we focus on passers and pass rushers and, and tackles corners. I think receivers have crashed the party because teams have said, okay, I take this guy in the first round, I get five years of cost oh, yeah. control on a mm-hmm. really good player that if I don't, if I wait and maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit, maybe I'll, you know, be able to get the DK Metcalfs and the AJ Browns and all these guys, the Debo Samuels. I think because of that, you're going to see those guys now, if the draft were to be now, I think those receivers are going to get pushed up because the price has be- I mean, Christian Kirk's a great example of where the market has gone here. Yeah, I think that is it. And so now the thing will be, as an evaluator, you have to have a clear vision for the players that are worthy of kind of wearing that playmaker tag to be taken in the first round. And so the guys that have really worked out of late, Jamar Chase, freakish, freakish talent in terms of playmaking skill. You talk, We've talked about like, hey, man, you got to have playing strength. You got to break tackles. You got to be able to move you got to have the ability to win 50 50 balls which also takes a level of strength i don't think that jamar chase was the most refined route runner but he had enough playmaking 
ability that showed up on tape, and he's really explosive. He's even yeah. more explosive now in the pros than yeah. I can even remember looking at him in college. Like he's a more explosive and dynamic player. On the other side, you have a Justin Jefferson, who is the skilled, crafty route runner who can play outside or inside, high IQ, goes to work and does all those things. Two different types, but both types have been worthy of being first round picks. You have to know exactly what you're looking for because everyone is going to point to the outlier, which has been Jalen Rager. And you just want to make sure that you get it right. Look, Nikhil Harry shouldn't have been a first round pick. Like you just have to, you have to be like, you can't perfect it, but you want to make sure that you narrow the, the, the criteria so that you can make sure that you hit on those. Yeah. I think Jalen Rager, gosh, I could go back and look it up, but like, I know he, I don't think he was in my top 50. Um, and so you, you've got some cases with him. You mentioned the kill Harry where I think guys have been pushed up, but there's other years where everybody, I feel like we all knew, I mean, I know he had the neck thing, but DK Metcalf, I think, was my 17th or 18th player who yeah. fell, you know, where he mm-hmm. fell. Uh, A.J. Brown was up way higher for me on my list than where he ended up going. So, like, there's other guys who are like, their their grades are there to take those guys. Yeah. So, just if yeah. the grades are there, then take them. Yeah, and, I, and I, I think there's something to that. And the other thing that everyone has to understand, that position even more than others, fit and scheme really matters. Like, fit, scheme, role what the projected role is going to be within the scheme of the offense really matters because the skill set has to fit the projected role that they're going to play for a team. All right, let's, uh, let's get rolling here. We'll get you through 30, then we'll take a quick break. Um, so 21 is Traylon Burks. He dropped seven spots for me, so he had a little bit of a tumble there. But again, I wanted to see how big he was, 6'2", 225, all right? Like that, the fact that you know he ran the mid-4-5s is kind of something we had heard about, that, that that's what ended up happening. So uh, a little bit of a slow starter, more of a build-up speed guy. He's 21. Uh, Penning's 22, about where he was last time. Charles Cross, 23. They've been riding together, continuing to ride together. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I moved up a couple spots. He's at 24. Uh, Jahan Dotson, 25, hasn't moved at all. I feel like he's – I know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm getting with him. Uh, Boye Mafe has moved up. He's 26. Malik Willis has moved up a few spots. He's 27. Um, I thought he had the best pro day. We've talked about that before. Kenyon Green, I dropped down a little bit from AM to 28, the guard. Brees Hall, thought he was outstanding watching him at the combine. He's at 29. Um, and Andrew Booth, the corner from Clemson, is at 30, about where he's been. So that, that gets you to 30. Any, any thoughts there real quick? Yeah, a couple of thoughts. One, uh, I'm going to say this because sometimes what happens is in our fascination with 40 times and, and how guys run, sometimes the big guys – kind of get a bad rap mm-hmm. because the time comes across the ticker at four five five. Uh, I will say that uh, when I worked for the Seattle Seahawks, Gil Haskell was the wide receiver coach. And he said, guys who are six, two, six, three, six, four, four, five, five is moving. Yeah. He was like, you have to understand when you are a bigger guy and you're able to run four, five, five or better, that is fast for a big guy. And that came from his experience when he was at Carolina as wide receiver coach, offense coordinator, Musi Muhammad. Um, uh, God, was it Patrick Jeffries? It was one big, big wide receiver that he had that mm-hmm. he was able to get a bunch of production out of big guys. Joe you're J- not going to count. You're not going to count Dwayne Jarrett. You're not going to count Dwayne Jarrett in that one, but no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not counting him. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. But for guys like Traylon, Traylon Burks and stuff like yeah. that, sometimes that stuff matters. Like sometimes, 
we hear four, five, five, like, oh, he's a plotter, but a big guy who able who is able That's to fast move enough. like that is fast yeah. enough. Fast enough. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break. We'll come back here and get to the rest of this list. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the exactly. Olympics. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Buck, let's pick it back up here. 31, Kenny Walker. He jumped all the way onto the list. Um, so he, to me, clearly established himself as a number two running back. The questions I had, uh, pure top speed and catching the ball. Um, since I did my last list, Mel Tucker got me a, a bunch of practice video. I was able to see him catching the ball, so I can answer that question. Um, just didn't have as many opportunities to catch it at Michigan State. Ran extremely well. He's, he's just a really good football player. And then the character stuff was exactly the same. I said it last year with Javante Williams. I said the coaches have said the exact same thing about Javante Williams they said about Nick Chubb. So we've seen what Nick Chubb's going to be. 
buy in, put all your stock in on Javante, your yeah. North Carolina Tar Heel. This year, Kenny Walker is that guy. I, I'm getting the same exact feedback I got on those two players. So, anyways, that's a long, long way of saying he, he's at 31. Uh, Linderbaum, I've dropped him down for, to 32 just because just in terms of fit, I don't think he fits everybody. He's a center only, um, but I like him as a player. He's 32. Quay Walker's 33, the linebacker from Georgia. Zion Johnson's moved up. He's an uh, interior lineman from Boston College who I think is just really clean. Matt Corral's uh, 35. Uh, cornerback, quarterback from Ole Miss. Uh, Arnold Ebicady, he is 36. I started him out a little bit too high. I dropped him a little bit too low after the Senior Bowl, which was just so-so. Came to my senses and kind of get him back up to where he belongs. He's at 36. Uh, Kyler Gordon took a huge fall uh, for me just because did not run well at all. And I say this every year. To me, the the combine matters most for corners than any other position because I just don't know how you know how you can really really run. You don't know how you've been tested. Um, you know, tried in terms of game speed. So I dropped him a little bit down to 37. Um, Travis Jones, a big DT, we both like from Connecticut, is 38. Christian Harris, a linebacker from Alabama, is 39. And Jalen Petrie, uh, who did not run at the combine, but just a really good football player, safety from Baylor, he's 40. There's some guys that we hadn't talked about, DJ, um, enough. And I would say Christian Harris from Alabama to me is one that stands out because I think he's a really good player, but he hasn't really got a lot of the attention because whenever we talk about the off-the-ball linebackers, we talked about Dean and Lloyd. Yeah. When I look at Harris, man, every time I look at the tape, man, he is all over the place, sideline to sideline, hustling, making plays, doing all those things that you want to see your off-the-ball linebacker do. I think he has some versatility that also stands out. What do you like about him? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. He's explosive. And I was a Patrick Queen guy. I think you're starting to see Patrick Queen, the light starting to come on for him, taking a minute there with the Ravens, but same type of explosiveness. Um, you know, I, to me, I think he's going to be a dynamic blitzer. Uh, he's got tremendous range. There's a, he's maybe a count late with some of the instinct stuff. Um, but it's good enough. He makes up for it with his athleticism. I just think his best football is ahead of him. I think you're buying kind of on the, on the rise here with, uh, with Christian Harris. Yeah. The, the other guy that, uh, pops up is the Penn state kid. Arnold. Oh, Ibikati. Ibikati. Yeah. Like he, he can rush, man. Up. There hadn't been a lot of conversation until late, but he's another one of those guys that we're looking at as an edge rusher that is on the rise. I'll just throw this one out there. I did see that Eric DaCosta, Ravens general manager, was at the Penn State Pro Day. They went shopping at Penn State last year, and uh, Odafe Owe played really well for them as an edge rusher. They can they could use another one. It would not surprise me at all if, if Ebicady went in the middle of the first round. would not shock me. He's my 36 player. He's probably when it's all said and done, going to probably end up inside the top 32 around in that range. So keep an eye on him. Um, he's going to go. Let me rip you through the rest of the list here. 41, Tyler Smith, uh, tackle uh, from Tulsa, I think, can play some guard. Uh, Bernard Ryman, tackle from Central Michigan. Both those guys dropped a little bit for me. Nick Benito makes an appearance from, uh, from Oklahoma. I felt like he got kind of lost in the shuffle at the combine because – uh, he was in the wrong group, really. They had him with the big guys. He ran the mid four fives, and he was running with all the DTs, and so his workout got kind of lost. But he is really, really twitched up, really explosive. Wideouts here at 44 and 45. Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Um, 46, Lewis Seen comes back into the list. The safety from Georgia. He ran the four threes. Ojabo, 
uh, dropped 29 spots. I put him at 47. I kept him in my top 50. Obviously, unfortunate with him popping his Achilles there at the Michigan Pro Day. I think he'll go in the second round now. Sam Howell is about the same spot. He's 48, quarterback from North Carolina. Perrion Winfrey, Oklahoma D-tackles 49. And rounding it out is Logan Hall, a real versatile, explosive uh, uh, defensive lineman from Houston. First thing I got to ask you about is the wide receiver from North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Um, I think he's interesting. I like a lot about him. Uh, he's a dominant playmaker on that level. And in a time where we're all looking for copycats, I think Cooper Cup's emergence as a big time player helps him coming from that level. Uh, how do you make the list? Why do you crack the list? Yeah, I mean, it, the speed is real. So you knew that. I thought he was, I gave him a good grade going through and watching him on fall tape, and then, which was just outside my 50. He's, you know, explosive. You see that he's tall, he's fast, um, gets on top of everybody. He can track the ball really well. And then uh, I just didn't know, you know, what type of route polish does he have? How how versatile is he? What all can you get from him? Or is he just going to be a vertical stretch guy? He goes to the senior bowl and you get to see him run the route tree and you get to see him get in and out of breaks. You get to see him win off the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, okay, now this guy's more than a vertical stretch receiver. And then he goes out the combine and runs in the four threes at six, four, 200 plus pounds. I'm like, okay, yeah, this, there's too much here. There's too much good here. This guy belongs on the list. And Sky Moore was another one who had, you know, a really good grade on. And you just kind of, you, you watching him in the Mac and I'm like, okay, he's dominant. He's, you talk about play strength, quickness, route polish. He's got all that. Um, plays inside, plays outside. They can use him on jet sweeps, quick hitters, all that stuff. He's great. I wanted to see, though, A, how big is he? Don't know how big he is. Get to the combine, big enough. And then uh, and then how is he going to run? And uh, he, he was outstanding. So I'm like, okay, the last little question marks, he answered for me. Yeah. Um, man, those two guys are really, really uh, intriguing. Scott Moore, we've talked about. I feel like we talked about a ton. But then Christian Watson is really intriguing. And then um, because we talked about, like, pass rushers, Nick Bonito from Oklahoma, he is in the mix. He's one of your your fast risers. Yeah. Why? What is, what is, what is, what's led to his surge? Yeah, first of all, the one little fun thing on him, like, if you play in a division with an athletic quarterback, he might be the best – quarterback spy that i've uh that i've evaluated they use him a lot doing that stuff and he just kind of drops off in the middle of the field and he just and you see quarterbacks take off and he sucks them up man he has got big time juice um he can really dip and bend got a little bit of that snap count anticipation so he gets wins right off the snap um he's fluid he's loose um to me i think he's he's somebody that's got he's just got a lot of intrigue as a rusher now the point of attack stuff in the run game, up and down. You know, they move guys, they slant guys so much in that in that scheme. Sometimes it's hard to evaluate that. But he's going to get caught at times. He's going to get he's going to get buried. Um, just needs to get stronger. But I've got somebody that to me uh, gives you a real, real impactful rusher coming off the edge. That with some of the athleticism and some of the versatility, I, you, there's plays where you see him peel off and cover a tight end. Um, I think you could play him some off the ball, even if you wanted to. I think he could, he could survive out there. So. Uh, some of that versatility will help them too. Yeah, some of that versatility certainly will help. We all are looking for those guys that can do a little more. Last thing, uh, the safety from Georgia. Yeah. So, seen I, I I really liked him when I watched him. He was he was really really physical, tough kid, excellent fill, uh, run the alley, do all that stuff. Just didn't know like the pure coverage stuff. That was my knock. And I, look, 
I loved um, uh, what was our safety Jonathan Abram who went to the with yeah. to the Raiders right Jonathan Abram was big and tough and fast was a big hitter but was a little bit you know of a developmental project in terms of coverage well we've seen him get in the NFL and it's been a struggle for him you know he's struggled staying healthy first and foremost excellent tackler but he's had some issues show up in coverage so try not to repeat the mistake of maybe being a little bit too high on somebody that I have coverage questions on is why I dropped scene out. But then I watched him run and work out and move around. I'm like, okay, go back and watch a little bit more tape on him. And I saw some things. I'm like, okay, he's, he's, there's some, there's some breadcrumbs out there for him in coverage. I think he's, he's going to be okay. So that's why he got his way back onto the list. No questions about speed and toughness. No question about that whatsoever. Yeah. Look, it, 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 it's an old school, old school mentality, old school, uh, safety when it comes to uh, seeing being able to come down here. Now, I will say, you hear him before you see him. <laughs> if you're at practice, you're watching the game, you hear the thud before you see it. He's a, he's a really good player. And I think there is a role for him because I still believe football c- comes down to th- having that enforced in the middle of the field. I don't know if there are many better in terms of making people pay their taxes when they come across it. Yeah, it'll be fascinating too with uh, with Ojabo real quick. I mean, wh- what's your comfort level of where you take him? I don't know. It's unfortunate, DJ, but like with the Achilles and stuff like that, I think people are going to take them where they have to take them, not where they want. It. I mean, I think you're talking about late day two, probably. I I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll be a second round pick. I think you're talking about a third or fourth round pick, you know. Um, and it's really unfortunate, but. You know, in a draft where you have guys that can give you right now performance and production, I think it I think it kind of falls to the back of the line, um, which which sucks. You know, let me look. Let me look this one up here. OK, so here's here's the hope for him last year or gosh, it would have been uh, was it last year or two years ago? No, it was, so it was last year. Last year. Deo Odingbo from from Vanderbilt. Remember, he tore his Achilles right before the senior bowl. Um, so a, a little bit earlier, not much earlier, but a little bit earlier. And the Colts took him in the second round, pick 54. And then he ended up getting on the field last year and oh, that's uh, and right. Played, and played pretty well. So that's gonna help him a little bit. That's a bigger guy. He was, you know, remember him, six five and eight, 285 pounds with those 35 and a quarter inch arms. He was a kind of a freak. Um, would have been a first round pick if if he didn't pop his Achilles. But the fact that he went in the second round and came back. I know one thing. If I was if I was Ojabo's agent, you know the first call I'm making. Here you go. Let me give it to you right here. It's gonna be like this. Hey Cam, Cam Akers. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I represent David. What in the world did you do after you tore your Achilles to come back and look like you did? Really? Okay, where do I meet him? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna whatever the heck Cam Akers did to get back that fast from a torn Achilles. Do that. That's my advice. Yeah, I, that's the only thing because modern medicine has certainly made it where. Uh, we've seen guys come back and come back stronger. I mean, look, you are a beneficiary of modern medicine, having come back from the Achilles and mouse back <laughs> yeah. from, from your didn't stuff. Quite, I maybe, didn't look quite come maybe, back like Cam Akers, I can promise you maybe, that. Maybe, maybe your job was agent to pick up the phone and call you and see yeah. how you were able to make the Not so much. Back. But um, no, nah, Ojabo certainly has that. But, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out the right range with that injury. And typically it costs you a round or two. And so maybe he is able to be picked at the bottom of the second round and like he, he missed out on some of that change, but hopefully if yeah. he plays well, he'll make up for it. Hopefully he gets to the right spot. Um, 
All right, I know this week went kind of long here because we had to start off with our Will Smith uh, hot takes, but uh, it was a fun episode, man. Anything else you want to add before we jump out of here, Buck? No, nah, man, these are the kind of episodes that I love when we have a chance to go through and just have like open conversations about these players. And I think um, as we get closer and closer to draft day, I think more of these conversations will begin to do what we call our cluster busters and begin yeah. to have like these, these questions that are being debated in meeting rooms based on some of the conversations and phone calls that we get from our buddies, I think being able to bring those to the pod, I think that also will be fun. Damn, no doubt. Um, all right, hope you guys have enjoyed this one. I would encourage you, if you haven't already, uh, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. I haven't asked for those in a while, so uh, we're kind of lagging on some of those ratings and reviews. So if you have a minute, if you enjoy the show, do us a solid, get over there and leave us a rating and review. And if you have some questions, uh, you can drop them in the review as well, see if we can't get to some of those before we get to the draft. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back with a, uh, another episode before you know it. See you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home hey everyone this is jody sweeten from the podcast how rude tanneritos i've been needing a quick getaway with my family and the 2024 hyundai santa fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there it has standard third row seating so i'm able to pack my entire family plus pets in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials available h-track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey picasso knows your vacation home is your best home It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. 
luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.